Welcome to the Creating Ripples podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Zahner. I believe in the power of sharing our experiences and knowledge with others, and when we do, we are creating ripples of impact around us. Each week, get ready for intimate personal shares, honest, relatable conversations, aha moments, and so much more. This space was designed to create empowerment, inspiration, community, and provide guidance to elevate those around us. I am so excited to have you here. Get ready and let's start creating ripples. Hello and welcome to the Creating Ripples podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Zahner, and today we are sitting down with Nikki Norenberg. Did I say it right? Did you I- did. Yes, all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she is a self-discovery coach and intuitive guide and definitely one of my mentors who I look up to and I've had the opportunity to work with and known Nikki oh, a year and a half now. And I found her through mm-hmm. social media and mutual connections. And she is someone that is so inspiring and I'm so pumped to have her on the show today. So Nikki, I would love to start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you into your career as a self-discovery coach and intuitive guide. Well, first of all, I just want, I want you to know what's like happening in my body right now. Like my heart is like racing and I have butterflies because you don't hear like beautiful things like that every day about yourself. And I just am really taking it in. Right. It's like, sometimes people give you compliments or like say something nice to you and you're like, Oh yeah, yeah, whatever. But I just like, sometimes I think we need to stop and just absorb those things. So thank you for that kind of introduction. I appreciate it. It's very true. Oh, thank you. Um, Well, hello everyone. I'm honored to be here. Alex is one of my favorite people. She's just a vibrant soul. And I'm super excited about this podcast because that is one of the main reasons that she came to me was to just kind of expand into this person who was ready to do the damn thing and be a podcast host. And um, I'm so happy to be here on it with you. So it's been a really full circle moment for me as well. Fun fact. But yeah, I actually name drop you in the pilot episode. So if you listen oh to the pilot God. episode, this is the Nikki Norenberg. <laughs> Thank you. Honored. Wow. <laughs> um, and it's been, it's been, it's been so cool too. And I think that yes, you wanted to launch it a long time ago, but you also got pregnant and had a real baby instead of birthing your podcast baby. So it's like divine timing that obviously Clara came into the world first and then this happened, um, second, and it was meant to happen that way. So timing's everything folks, but, um, okay. A little bit about me. Uh, I am a self-discovery coach and intuitive guide and yoga instructor. And I feel like honestly, I'm falling out of love with labels for, for what I am and what I do, because I feel like I'm constantly finding new ways to help and heal people. Um, I essentially guide people through self-discovery processes to discover their purpose and their power. And in that path, there's a ton of healing. uh, There's a ton of fun um, and a lot that surfaces. And it's really hard to encompass in like proper phrasing. So um, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now with the whole label thing. But to give you the, the whole spiel and the story about how I came to be this (laughs) nameless, titleless, titleless, (laughs) 
holistic healing and discovery person. Uh, I'm from Minnesota originally, and I and I grew up and went to college nearby. And uh, I got on the same, you know, the track of getting into corporate America. And so I got into a pharmaceutical company right out of college. I was dancing and doing things on the side. And I had like checked all of the boxes that my family and everyone around me had been doing as well and wanting me to do. And it was kind of through, like, I thought, oh, I'm, I'm missing something. So I'm going to grab a little bit more dance. I'm going to grab a little bit more teaching, but it just never hit my soul. And so I finally had this kind of awakening that I'm, I, I have to shake it up. I got to do something else. And it was finally, I made this revelation. I'm going to take my passion of dance and I'm going to, I'm going to move to LA because that's where like the big dogs are. And that's where I can take it to the next level. Since it's my passion, I want to make it a living. And so I kind of left everything that I had behind in Minnesota, like a, a deep community, um, a great job. And at that time, a different, a, a different relationship. And I got to LA and it was like, I mean, I don't know how much y'all know about LA, but it makes and breaks you in the same breath. It, it's yeah. a, it's a, it's a place that will humble you and teach you really quickly because everyone goes there a dreamer. Everyone's looking for something from that town. And I explored the dance scene and I, I immediately kind of recognized, okay, I don't, this isn't my career. This isn't what I want because it, it almost broke. It actually did. I will state it broke my love for dance because it turned it into such a competitive, superficial uh, face value type um, thing. And so there I was like in LA, pretty much, I like to symbolically say standing there naked. I had no money. <laughs> I had no plan. And I had no one because I had left my family, my friends, my relationship, everything that was surrounding me. And in that moment, I was like, you took this leap of faith to get here. So I'm giving you a year <laughs> to figure out what on earth brought you here then? Because I knew that there was some sort of like divine energetic in the universe. Like I didn't just come here to fall flat on my face and move home. I knew there was something else. And so I pretty much committed to like a year of, of deep discovery in my soul. And that looked a lot like I was going to church and volunteering there. I was taking a lot of yoga and I ended up doing my yoga teacher training, um, soaking in every ounce of self-development and, and new relationships and friendships that I possibly could to just learn more about myself. And in that process, it all just started to make sense. And it's so interesting because like even using the term self-discovery, sometimes I feel like that doesn't even encompass what it's like because discovery kind of feels like you're going out and you're searching for something, but really it's the way that I term self-discovery is like, it's a coming home to yourself mm -hmm. because all of these things that I found, I was like, uh, yeah, that was little Nikki, younger Nikki before society expected anything. Um, before you had any responsibilities, like all of these things that I was recognizing were effortlessly part of me as a younger child. And so to make a super long story that I already made long shorter, um, I, I just started to like uncover, oh my gosh, I've always been helping people. I've, I've always been like the deep thinker. Um, and, and so essentially kind of like when I was on the other side, I thought this process was robust, challenging, but beautiful how can I replicate and help other people in the same way? And at the time I had no idea that the coaching industry even existed. I just like brain dumped everything that I had done and gone through 
And I started testing it out on some people that I knew and it was super transformative. And then I kind of got wind of like the coaching industry and all of that. And I just started rolling with it. And it honestly was like blind faith. I just started talking and sharing and, um, and it kind of magnetized people toward me because I knew that what I was going through or what I had been through was super relatable. I mean, (laughs) whether it's a quarter life crisis, a midlife crisis, or any crisis of identity, we're all looking for clarity on a path and, um, a purpose. And so that's what just brought me to, to the work in general. And ever since I landed in it, it has just evolved and I have continued to open doors and, and refine what I'm doing and, um, entered in intuition and all of the things, but it really is just helping me guide people to who they've always been and and Mm -hmm. finding power behind that. Yeah. I think what's so beautiful about it is I've, I got the opportunity to work with you. And just from when I started working with you in June of 2019 to now, I've been able to see kind of your process shift and change and evolve. And you continue to learn different ways that you can show up and really trust your intuition and your gifts, which was something you just spoke about the other day that I loved so much was how you utilized your dad and something he taught you with opening your gifts and really looking within and leaning into that. And I think one of your gifts is your capability to help others discover things about themselves deep within that they didn't even know maybe was there, or maybe it was like you spoke about, um, with your dad was, it was a part of your childhood and you kind of, we become an adult. And so we start to push those things down inside, but they're still within us and like bringing those up and utilizing them today as an adult. And can you kind of talk a little bit more about that process of how, you know, you found yourself into this coaching industry, but also just the, I don't know how to explain what I'm asking, but how you led yourself to where you are today, utilizing the experiences from your childhood. Yeah. Um, I think that, so, you know, as I kind of had mentioned, really what I did was I put my blinders on and I tried not to be influenced by any industry or any title because that, that kind of brought me back to the time of like college when we all hate, like, what's your major supposed to be? You're 18 years old, know what you want to do with your life, you know? And it's like, how the heck am I supposed to know what that is? (laughs) And, um, I essentially just, I, I put my blinders on and I just created something that I knew helped me get onto the other side of just better understanding. But in that, I recognized that as a child, there's just so much pureness and, um, magic. Like, I feel like there, I always kind of say there's like the magical inner child and the wounded inner child. And I think that everybody has both. Like we all have wounds that we carry from our inner child. That is more like therapy work, but the magical inner child very rarely gets enough credit because when you think about it, when you think about the essence of who you were, even when you were like two, three years old, when your personality was just forming, there are things there that are just the pure essence of who you've always been. Mm -hmm. And those are the things that sometimes we lose sight of. And that could be because uh, of choice of life choices or things that happen to us. But, but that is the essence of your soul. 
And um, it's, it's kind of this coming back to that, that magical child place where we get to discover, oh, that's, that's still part of me. And it was when my dad, you know, offered up all of these different accolades and letters and things and things from my past that brought to, you know, the forefront of my mind, like, you've always been, you know, a creator. And I attach creation to dance and like choreography and these specific things. But there was also a tie to like creative writing and expressing through performance and things that I had to almost redefine and turn into like more of an abstract place. Because I think, I mean, how often are we trying to put something into a category and Mm -hmm. define it? Like, oh, I'm good in front of people. That means I should be a sales rep or like, how often do you hear like, oh, you're good with people. You should be in sales. And it's like, you get pushed or corner. Yes. And it's like, okay, that's one route, but what else can you do with that? You know, what other small clues can you start to add together to create the story that is yours? And I think that when I revisited my magical child at that point in my life, I, I started to see them you know, without definitions mm-hmm. and simply almost how, how do these things become puzzle pieces that create this new image that isn't, that isn't anything that anyone has defined. Yep. Yeah. What I love what you're talking about and being a new mom, it kind of makes me think about, you know, Clara, she has this pureness, like you say it to her of she, I mean, she's only nine months, so she really doesn't have any of those influences that we start to take in as we get older. And I have a six-year-old niece who she is just so imaginative and so creative in what she does. But then I have a 14-year-old niece who I'm starting to see be influenced. And then, like you said, you get to the age 18 and you're influenced and trying to like decide your major or decide your career. And then as an adult, we're influenced in our decisions, but we're also influenced every day by social media and what we're seeing. And so it gets harder and harder to go back to that pureness and showing up as like who we are and who we've always been. And I think it's really beautiful to think about how can we get out of our own way to go back to that pureness and get out of our heads of thinking about, you know, going down a certain path or going a certain direction, because that's what society tells us. But instead going down that certain path or direction that has no name because that's like our childhood. That's the Mm -hmm. magical child or our essence. Like you've been saying of it's okay to go down a way that hasn't been down before. And I think that ties in to exactly what you spoke to today on your stories of how you don't follow a path. And I really loved that of, you were went out hiking and you spoke about the seasons and how you create your own path. And I actually really love for you to dive into that a little bit more. Cause as I was watching it, I was like, ah, oh, this is so amazing. And I just love how you are so creative in looking at things in such a unique mm. way. Mm. So I, I actually owe a lot of that to my magical inner child. And I, I bring that up because when you were talking, I was thinking, you know, especially because you brought up the topic of consumption and like how we're consuming social media, we're consuming all of these things from different people. So just as a tip, just take a peek at what you're consuming and consider if you were, you know, 
planning a play date with your inner child is as if she were an entity like right next to you. What would you plan? Like, what would you have her consume or him, her or him consume? And, um, and that's almost like a little thought for yourself of like, okay, how can I consume something that my inner child or my younger self would have loved? And my, my younger self loved being in nature. And I remember that I, I mean, I'm a Pisces. I've been a dancer. Like I'm just the ultimate imaginative creative being. And I remember just getting lost in the woods. I lived on a, on a woods growing up and I would make up stories and I would see things as if they were characters and let them come alive. And you know, living in LA for five years, I mean, there's, there's beautiful landscapes to access there, but it's not the same landscape that I grew up with. And so I've immersed myself in the last year, spending a lot more time with my family back into the roots that I grew up in. And that's allowed for me to access this level of thought process. But instead of it being from like a storytelling place, it's, it's, it's storytelling, but it's finding actual tangible like personal development symbolism behind it. And I think it's because as an adult, I understand the power of mother nature and how she is the ultimate, ultimate mentor to all of us. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the first story that I referenced was just how symbolic the seasons are and how the winter is kind of the, the place where we shed all of the weight and, um, all of the heaviness and we're, we're standing there bare, but we're still making it through like the, the challenging winter and we're able to be resilient through that. But today, you know, as I was hiking through, there's this common path that I always follow. And I looked out and I was like, there's a clear path through the woods. I actually saw like four deer running through and I thought, you know what, like screw the path. I'm going to walk straight through because every time that I've followed like a specific path, it's pretty predictable. And it just leads me to, you know, the beginning and the end. And mm -hmm. it's crazy because when I like cut through the woods, I like saw a view of the river that I had never seen before. That's when I saw the deer and it was just more enjoyable because I was like jumping over logs and all of these things, but it is, you know, very symbolic of, um, being confident enough to pave your own path, even if you got to kind of walk or trip over more stuff, it's worth it because you see things that you normally wouldn't. And, and there's just so much more joy in it in the exploration. Mm -hmm. I love that. And it's so true. I think when you think about going out and paving your own path, it can be really scary. And I know for me personally, when I talk to my mom, especially she is the most supportive person in the world. But when I talk to her about the things that I want to do that are like out of the ordinary, she just immediately is like, like what? So like to her, she's so used to like we were talking about earlier, uh, you decide your major, you work. And like she worked as a hairstylist her entire life. And so when she hears me wanting to do these things that are off the path, launch a podcast, maybe start a business, maybe do all these things. Like I like to dream about all these opportunities that that freaks her out. And so when I can't give her that like clear path for her, that's really scary to like, see that there is opportunity there. And so if someone's listening and maybe they kind of correlate with how my mom is, what would you say to them to kind of get them to think about their opportunity on creating their own path? You well, know, for 
a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first of all, I I think that our parents are the greatest representation of our egos. Um, Because I I always like split it up into two. You've got your intuition Mm -hmm. and your ego. Mm -hmm. And your ego, I mean, the way that society is like, talked about egos like being narcissistic and that's not what I'm talking about here like your ego is essentially your ultimate protector Mm -hmm. it is like uh yeah no we're not gonna take any risks we're gonna stay safe because the last time that you like did something crazy you got injured or like something it just pulls from any opportunity that you have been hurt or um or harmed in the past And it essentially like attaches that to everything and wants to just keep you safe. And so parents are always trying to keep us safe, which is like lovely and beautiful and kind. But at the same time, it it oftentimes keeps us small and and makes us not necessarily think that we are able to do these like big dreamy things, which is the intuition. And the intuition is like the core of your being and your ultimate truth teller. Your intuition knows exactly what you're meant to do. Right. It's like Mm -hmm. my intuition was like, leave your job and your boyfriend and all of the things that you've worked so hard on and move to LA. And I was like, okay, (laughs) for some reason I listened, but it's like, it, it gives you some of these things that are hard to in the moment, like grasp and wrap your arms around. But once you're inside of them, you're like, oh, I get it. Um, but So for anybody listening, who's in that kind of predicament where they have people that are like, oh, but what about this? And what about that? I want you to almost come back to self and consider that dialogue in your own head and be able to decipher. Okay. So there was an instance where I had my intuition saying one thing and my ego saying the other thing. And I listened to my ego and it was the wrong choice. Mm -hmm. That is a really good way to kind of like example it back into the whole parental or societal situation where my gut is telling me this thing, but everyone else in my life is telling me this thing and just kind of apply it there as well, because that's also where you build the strength and trusting your intuition. And that just takes, takes time of listening to it quite frankly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it is scary. I mean, I think about my ego and it can be the people in my life. And sometimes it's like that other side of my shoulder, like your intuitions on one side. And I like have like an image of like when you're watching a cartoon, you know, there's like the devil and the angel. And I'm not saying that my ego is my devil, but like, you know, you let that mindset of like, oh, you can't do this or the fear or what are other people going to think or just everyone else playing into it. And kind of going back to what you spoke to at the beginning of you got to put those blinders up and like you said, you have to look within and sometimes it means going the scarier untraveled path to trying something new. If that's what your gut is telling you to do. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the thought of bringing up fear is so important too, because when you're trying to decipher like what's intuition and what's ego, ego is always attached to fear Mm -hmm. and intuition is always just a knowing. It's like a trust thing that there isn't fear, but it's just such a, it's such a deep rooted sensation of just like understanding and it's, and it's the ego that brings the fear and the pinball machine (laughs) into the brain that I always Mm -hmm. like to say, it's like back and forth, back and forth, but that's a good indicator that it's more likely your ego than your intuition. Mm -hmm. Fear. A lot of times 
it's this made up. I mean, for me, I think fear is this made up thing that we put on ourselves because we, I don't, I don't know how to explain what I want to say, but it's like, for me, whenever I'm fearful in something, it's no one else telling me to be afraid to go forward, or they're not putting that fear on me. I'm putting that fear on myself. And it's such a scary thing to like step out of our comfort zones. But like when we do, I feel that's when we reap the most reward. Oh my gosh. I mean, I think fear comes up a lot when it comes, when it's fear of failure. And I think that like everybody is so afraid to fail, Mm -hmm. but kind of back to how you said, there's no really no such, we create the fear. It's kind of the same as failure because in my, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. if you fail at something, it is just a, a mile marker in your journey that redirects you. Because if you try something and it doesn't work, that is the greatest blessing to shift you into the next thing. Mm -hmm. And if you never tried it and quote unquote failed, you wouldn't have been directed. Um, every single thing that happens in your life is taking you toward your path and your, and your greatest good, if you like follow and listen to it. And so if you fall flat on your butt in, in a certain thing, you know, either you need to get back up and try a different route or you need to shift. Mm-hmm. And that is the, the greatest thing. And, and I mean, I like, I'm the queen of action. Like uh, we can sit and heal and be for as long as we want, but the universe needs energy to react to, to pursue and to make the changes that you're looking for. So, you know, we could talk all day about, you know, what your purpose is, but nothing's going to happen until you do something about it. And so that's why I say like failure is, is just a mile marker because it's, it's symbolizing you're taking the action to learn Mm -hmm. (laughs) what is this and what is that? Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that that's honestly probably the biggest hiccup that, that I recognize in people is they sit on information for too long and they never do anything with it. And that's just, um, that's what keeps them there. Like, you know, people get stuck and uncomfortable and it's just like, even if it's a baby step, just like a movement in some direction is going to do more than just sitting with it. Yep. And when you say they sit on information, like they're sitting on an idea or a something that they've been creating, but they're sitting on that information because of fear or their ego things holding them back. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's ideas, it's healing and processing. I think a lot of people that do like, I say in quotes of the deep work, because that can be so many things, but I think a lot of people, once they start unpacking things from, um, their life, they just kind of like sit with it, but it really is like a treasure chest that you're meant to like utilize, Mm -hmm. um, as a moving forward and as a continual learning opportunity. Um, yeah, but it's, it's, it's really like, I, I always think, see it more as breadcrumbs in life, like drop the breadcrumbs, follow the breadcrumbs, lay the breadcrumbs, whatever it is, but it just feels easier because I think oftentimes people feel like they're going to try to like make a huge jump across a friggin' bridge or something mm-hmm. and not going to land. But it really is like, no, you have to like, just walk across the bridge and mm-hmm. just follow. And that's yep. what the real process is. Yeah. I love that. I think it, it is scary to think about, but when you sit on something, 
and you like fat, let it fester and you don't act on it. Like you said, you're a woman of action. I think that's so true because we all should be people of action. If we just let ourselves sit and we don't go forward and we don't act on these things that our intuition is telling us to do, we're going to look back later in our life. And I know for me personally, and if I don't follow the things that my intuition is telling me to do, and I've done this in years prior, I have a sense of not regret, but just kind of like, ugh, like the hell, like why, why didn't I go for that? Like, why didn't I do that thing? Um, yeah. 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 And I, I feel like there's also like, um, there's an energetic component to having an idea or having something like stir up and surface inside of you that needs, that has timely action needed. Like I think that about myself and, and this can go into a whole different conversation of like human design. I'm a manifesting generator, which means I'm constantly turning over ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's like, if I have an idea and I do nothing with it, revisiting it a week later, it's literally gone. The ignition of it is gone. And so what I do now, now that I like understand that when I get an idea, I have to like put it out there into the world, whether it's like on social media or like tell somebody about it, but I have to make commitment and emotion toward it so that it stays alive. Otherwise it's just going to die. And so I think that that's also really important is that like when these big things come up inside of us as revelations or ideas or strategies, we have to do them while strike while the iron's hot mm-hmm. because it's an energy, it's more of like an energetic thing mm-hmm. that, that, that the universe wants to attach to it in its creation. Hello, everybody. Quick little update we just had Zoom kick us off due to some errors. So we're back. We're going to try to get right back into where we left off discussing intuition and ego and going forward with ideas as they come to us and how to, as Nikki says, strike while the iron is hot. So if this is a conversation that's really resonating with you, I know from my personal experience, it was hard for me to really listen to those hits and listen to the universe as it was bringing me ideas and trying to push me into different directions. So I knew I wanted more and that's when I made the decision that I needed to work with someone to achieve that. I needed someone to really help guide me into that next level. And so Mm -hmm. for you, you did a lot of self-discovery on your own. And personally for me, that self-discovery work seemed really overwhelming. And truth be told, I didn't even know where to start. And that's why I recognized I needed to work with someone else. And there's probably two different types of listeners right now people that resonate with you and they want to go out and they want to do that self-discovery work on their own. And then people that are kind of on that same point of me where they want to work with someone else. And I'm just curious, just kind of what do you think is the best way for someone to kind of take those next steps? That's a heavy question. Oh yeah. (laughs) But you know, it's a, it's a great one because I think that that's a, a really good place for, for people to, um, feel like it's more digestible. Cause like you said, I mean, yes, self-discovery is a feat in and of itself. And I also don't think it ever stops. I mean, yes, I came to a point where I was able to turn it into a program and help other women, but that doesn't mean that my self-discovery has stopped. I mean, you know, my business is really a reflection of me and what I've gone through and learned 
Um, and then I just continued to fold that into what I do, but, um, it's like an onion because I really do feel like you got to start on the outside. You got to start from like a Mm -hmm. foundational perspective and then work your way in. And so, you know, similar to what we did in, in my program is I think like being auditing your lifestyle is one of the most important places to start because, self-development takes time and a lot of people don't have time or the proper priorities in their life. So I I always suggest to people just like literally 30 minute increments of an entire week, monitor them, write them down and see where you're losing time, wasting time and spending time, what you're consuming, pay attention to everything that's happening in your life. And then go a layer further and ask what and who is filling me and what and who is draining me. And that's a pretty black and white reality moment. And I think a lot of us have a hard time restructuring the lifestyle, but a, a lot of times we got to carve in some sort of space for me time um, to do the deeper reflection. So that is like step number one for me is to look at what is going on because that allows you to see what's working and what's not. What do I want to hang on to and keep? And what do I need to potentially shed? Um, And that kind of goes into habit 101, which is huge. I mean, habits make up 95% of our lives, but um, looking at what, what you're doing that's healthy and serving you and what's not is a really good place to begin. And then from there, I just think, um, coming kind of back to your, your center, and that can be, you know, identifying the values that you have in life or coming back to exploring your magical inner child, but really recognizing the things that have been with you since the beginning of time. Um, And that doesn't necessarily mean, I mean, let me like kind of rephrase that because I also think when it comes to values, a lot of us just adopt the values of our parents and some of us keep them into our adulthood, but some of us are like, screw that. I'm making my own. but when it comes to your own inner compass and no one else's, um, uncovering through values and through that inner child work and deciding like, what's always been here? What is heart always tugged at? What has, um, my North star kind of always been, what has been in the back of my mind? And, and honestly, maybe even exploring like old journals or diaries or things from your past or pictures or things that really bring the story to life. Um, those are the starting points yep. that I would say. I love that idea of using your North Star, your personal North Star to guide you into your purpose. I'm curious if you're someone listening and you're in this career and you know that you have other passions outside of your career that just aren't being met in your day-to-day job. And Nikki, what advice would you give to that person that has these passions that they want to fulfill and that they want to go after, but how do they find a balance if they're not really able or ready to make that huge life pivot? It it makes total sense to me. I I feel like you're getting at the purpose passion conundrum. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people think that a passion is going to be your purpose And, um, passions are really just things that you enjoy. I mean, take, for example, my story, dance was my passion, my entire life. And of course, because since I thought it's my passion, so it's gotta be my purpose. When I tried to turn it into a career and I tried it on for size, I was like, oh, hell no, get me out of this. My passion was immediately dropped. 
And, um, and I think that's also an important you know, action thing. But when you have something that you're passionate about or feels you know, that it could be your purpose or something of that nature, you have to try it on because you could have this beautiful dreamy thing in your head and, and then you try it on and you hate it um, or you try it on and you love it, mm-hmm. right? Like there has to be something implemented in order for you to like gauge, okay, this is just a passion. This is meant to be like my side thing that brings fuel to my life. Um, or if it really feels like it's your life's mission, then that is more purpose work. But I think it's important for everybody to have passions on the side, whether it's like a hustle or something you just do. I mean, like my dad, for example, has been a musician forever and he's been in a band since he was like 15 years old. He still is today. And he never expects to like make it into a career, but it's just something that he really loves. And for me, I have recognized, especially in the past five years that like being in the outdoors, like every day is one of my passions. And when I'm not doing that, my soul feels a little bit, I was going to say dead inside, but that's aggressive. My soul just feels like not as ignited, I should say instead. Um, yeah. And, and I think that purpose, let me just like, cause I feel like I like dangled a carrot with that purpose is such a big concept and, you know, we talk about finding your purpose and all of this stuff, but I am really coming to this understanding that your purpose is a being like you become your purpose. Mm-hmm. Your purpose just like is your soul's mission. Mm-hmm. And it looks different. Like my soul's purpose is 100% to guide people. Mm-hmm. I've guided people, um, in different ways, my entire life. And when I wasn't guiding people was when my soul was just like suffocating. And so I would find a little piece of my purpose whenever I would guide but it was just finding the right way to guide people. But I would glimpse my purpose and and access it when I was in that seat. Um, And I think that that maybe makes it a little bit less daunting for people because I think we kind of imagine that we should like come onto this treasure chest and we open it and we're like, oh my God, you're supposed to be a lawyer. Congratulations, Mm -hmm. you found it. And it's like, no, it's it's way deeper than that. It's again, label-less. It's just it's a, it's an action or a thing or a way of being. Mm -hmm. And usually it's found through different types of actions. And, you know, for some people it's, oh, I'm meant to teach and guide and all of the things. And maybe that means you're supposed to be a teacher to elementary school kids. And that's just what you take your purpose through. But maybe you decide I'm a teacher and you start elementary and then you move it into being a professor. And then you move it into being like a coach or, or some sort of big Tony Robbins kind of a person. Yeah. Like there's just purpose is really, is really a being. Yeah. Opinion. I like that a lot. And I think it's important too, to recognize your purpose isn't tied to one career. And I like mm-hmm. when you say it's, it's a being it's, it's not a career. I think so often it can get the two can get kind of get misconstrued where it's like your career, that's your purpose. And it, that's not necessarily true. And for some people, they might make what they feel like is their part of their purpose is a part of their career, but that is, they're not interchangeable in my opinion. Totally. Yes. And I agree. Um, and it's funny because a lot of people that come to me to work with me, come to me 
because of that same like conundrum. They're looking for a different career Mm -hmm. and it's very career focused, but Mm -hmm. you know, I quickly realize, you know, have them realize like you came to me for career, but what you needed was like the deep self-work you needed to come home to yourself. Mm -hmm. And that brings up a whole different thing. And I think a lot of what comes to my mind when I think of that, you know, purpose is like legacy when you're gone and, you know, people talk about you after you leave this earth, it's like, they talk about your legacy and how you made them feel. People Mm -hmm. don't, you know, talk about he made this much money or he did these things. Maybe if your job like served and helped people, but people Mm -hmm. never bring the label forward of like your career per se, unless you were doing some so super soulful work. Most people talk about like your essence. Yeah. Who as you your, were as a being. Yeah. yeah and I so that, that is, that is the thing that we're all going after. So it's, it's a softer, more woo woo thing. But I think that if people got really quiet and honest with themselves, they could probably recognize, oh, that's, that's, that's my purpose. But I love that concept of thinking about you know, when you go, how, how do you want to be remembered? And likely it's for the things that you did as a human or as a being and thinking of your purpose as that being. And it's not necessarily your career. For me, I want to be remembered for being someone that was loving and supportive and showed up for the people around me and lived out my true authentic self. And mm-hmm. for you, your purpose might be different and your being might be different and how you're remembered. But I think that's a really beautiful way of looking at it of how do you want to be remembered that being is your purpose. Mm-hmm. And, and believe me, like some people are probably listening and like ladies ladies like we all want to be out there being soft warm hearts and I get it because it sounds like but we got to pay the bills I I just think career is is a vehicle in which you get to express your purpose through Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I think that like again going back to action if we had all of these beautiful essences about us and like this these these core soul um legacies like embedded in us and we had nothing to express them through again it would just be sitting there. So it comes back to action. And that's what a career really is, is it's a vehicle of expressing your purpose. And I was listening to um, the Jay Shetty podcast the other day, and he was kind of talking about perhaps like you were saying, you have a career and you have to be able to support your family and your purpose will not do that. And so what are ways in which you can tie your purpose in to your career, into your life. So for you, maybe serving people is part of your purpose. So you start to volunteer on the side or when you start to weave in your purpose, this being your essence into who you are, it doesn't necessarily have to be directly correlated to your career. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that some people find the perfect balance and some people find it expressed through a variety of different, Mm -hmm. you know, sideways. It's, it's totally, there's no right way. And that just comes back to like, everybody's on their own path Mm -hmm. or lack thereof path. Because remember, I like to go through the woods. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You you get to make it your own, however you so choose. I absolutely was curious going back to kind of talking about the beginning and how you moved out to LA and you followed your intuition, this is going to be a loaded question. What would you say has been the biggest 
teaching or aha from really, you know, taking that huge leap and moving out to LA? Mm. Okay. Yeah. Loaded for sure. Because the first thing that comes into my head is like the phrase you've always known. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, depending on where you're at, like ever since I was a kid, I just like saw myself on stage. And at that time in my life, all that I could like um, mentally compute that to was like a dancer, but I also wasn't super, it's so weird to even say I wasn't as a kid. I just, I did dance because I was good at it. It wasn't one of those things that I was like putting in the extra hours and like working so hard at, I was naturally gifted at at it. So I just did it. Um, But I, I've always had these like intuitive downloads but as a child, you don't, you don't compute them that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that when I finally came to a place where I was like, I've done all of the things that I thought that I should do. And I was still just like, half of me was missing. Mm-hmm. I was like the worst version of myself. Honestly, there it is. When I became the worst version of myself and I was super negative, super reactive and gossipy. And I was just, nothing was good enough. And I started to like almost point the finger out at everyone else in my life. And it was just, I had this revelation that I was like, no, it's you, it's you. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's when I just felt like I needed to break free and almost just like follow the random little thoughts that I've had in the back of my head of being on stage. And, um, that, kind of intuitive ping has evolved in the sense that like, yes, dance is the vehicle that brought me to LA, but I found my whole self there. I found my soulmate there. And, um, I also like continue to think of myself on stage, but like leading in the way that I do now. And it's like that vision has come full circle and it's stayed with me. And I think it's just continuing to follow the things that you've always known. Yeah. I hope that answered your question. Yeah, it does answer my question. And I think what's cool about that is just listening to you work through the process of what LA has taught you. Taught you to lean into what you've always known, but also just like that aha that you're having with yourself right there in that moment of when you were at your worst version of yourself. That was when you recognized a change needed to be made, a shift needed to be made. And LA taught you to recognize that in yourself. When you are feeling in this negative space, when you're not feeling at your best, that a change and a shift needed to occur. And now you've been in LA for about five years, but you're not you're not there anymore. You're stepping out and you're really out and about you're traveling around the country right now you're in Minnesota but you were just in Tahoe and I mean is that also you reading into what LA taught you and that's recognizing when a shift or a change needs to be made right yeah yeah (laughs) going back to like what I was saying which I want to just like add on quick before I move into this next bit is Mm -hmm. um also when you the biggest knowledge about moving to LA was when you're not your best self is when you go find your best self because now in a transformed way, same kind of thing, but in a different, in a different notion, 
LA didn't feel like it was bringing out the best things in me anymore because it's not up and running. There's no, there's nothing that is giving to me in LA. It was actually like too much energy and it was taking from me. And so again, I was like, I'm not at my optimal self here in LA right now. Um, it felt anxiety. It felt overwhelming. And so I was like, okay, I'm always checking the barometer of like my best, most grounded self and LA isn't supporting that anymore. And spending the whole summer in Minnesota and exploring, you know, my childhood roots a lot more. I was just like, all right, my soul really needs more space Mm -hmm. and more nature. And, um, so that's kind of where we're, we're at. We're kind of letting the soul do the, do the driving right now. And, um, when I feel like I'm in a place where I'm grounded and and ready to do more of the, of the work and the fun, then I know that that's the right place to land. So we're kind of doing that right now. Yes. I love that. And I love hearing what it is that you're looking for and it's what ignites your soul and you're leaning into that. One thing for me is just figuring out when and recognizing in myself when I am in that negative space or when a change needs to be happening, I think there's two different ways you can go about it. You can take an opportunity to make a change and make a shift that's going to positively impact you and to help you grow. And in your case, have a ton of self-discovery, or you can go further down into that negative space and it's hard to get out of that. And so personally for me, when I find myself in a negative space, I have to talk it through with people Mm -hmm. and I have to figure out what are my next steps and where can I go and what can I do? I've been noticing, especially with the pandemic, I'm having a lot more conversations with people about how they're in that negative space. And I feel like part of my purpose is helping people to find ways to get out of that, just Mm -hmm. smaller ways. For instance, one of my friends, she's a lawyer maybe she'll listen to this, but she was just, she has a baby, a two, I guess, toddler now, a two year old, and she's seven months pregnant and she is working all the time. And I'm trying to find ways to help her take time for herself. For you, you had an opportunity to go out to LA, but many people listening might not have an opportunity such as that. And so it's how can they in their current state find ways to get out of that negative energy and step into a positive light. And so it can be simple, small things. I was texting her today and I just said, if you can, in the middle of the day, just take a few breaths, Mm, (laughs) you know, or, and she was like, I'm going to go on a walk. And it's just figuring out different ways that small little additives that you can bring into your day to help you work towards that positive self and get out of that negative space, however that looks. And for you right now, you're leaning into the outdoors as that Mm -hmm. for you. And so I think it's really cool to think about you took this big leap, but you're also recognizing different ways day to day that you can continue to show up for yourself and doing what you need. And then now you've just made this other really awesome big leap. I've noticed is you and Gunther have this really amazing relationship where He's very in tune with you. I, I like Jordan. We have a great relationship. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like there's this connection between you two that is really cool to watch from afar. I don't know him on a personal level at all, but I can tell there's this connection um, that you both are able to lean into to be able to support one another and 
go on and take this huge adventure, which is super exciting. Yeah. It totally helps to be on the same, same wavelength. And, um, I very, very intentionally manifested that. Like I, I, and that's like a whole, I mean, that could be a whole separate podcast, (laughs) but, um, I very intentionally called in somebody that I could talk and communicate really, really deeply about things with, um, and could also build a life that I didn't have to battle. Like we just came to the same ground knowing that we were ready to grow together. And I think that that's the most important thing about, um, relationships and about life is just like committing to the growth. I mean, going back to your whole example about, you know, your friend and, you know, obviously people that have jobs and kids and all of the things it's like, so for example, like I consider when I have children and can't be this like free spirited traveler, like I once was, um, and the outdoors still matter to me, it's like, okay, find a way, get a backpack for your kid and go on a hike. Like there Mm -hmm. are ways that you can do the things that you want to do. It just might be a little extra planning or have, um, you know, different gear and all of that stuff. But I also think there's, there's something to be said about intentionality, about being inside of moments, like when you're multitasking, when you're with the kids and you're with work and all of the things, instead of just like existing and rolling through the things, the spiritual work can also just be observing your kids playing together. And finding, like I do with nature, the symbolism behind your kids interacting together. There's there's always intention that can be drawn into things that are happening around you, whether they're meant to be spiritual or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just, you know, I, I have a friend who has a job and two kids and she's been messaging me a bunch about, you know, seeing angel numbers everywhere and getting overwhelmed about what they mean. And then, you know, I asked her, I was like, but what do you feel? when you see those things. And she's like, honestly, I feel like I'm doing it. I'm multitasking. I'm the mom, I'm the businesswoman, and I'm doing the work. And when I see those numbers, I just feel like I'm okay. Mm-hmm. You know? And sometimes that's, that's the spiritual work. That's the personal development that in that phase of your life that you're going to receive is that there's, there's symbols surrounding you. If you allow yourself to just, um, see them that way. They don't have to look like mine. (laughs) You know, they can look, um, however you want to look at them. Mm -hmm. Going to be the same path and getting out of this idea that it's going to look the same way it did for you. For me, it's always going to be different because we live two very different lives. And so not letting yourself get into a comparison of seeing someone that's out doing X, Y, and Z and so badly wanting that for yourself, but that might not actually be where you need to go in your life and Mm -hmm. being okay with that and recognizing that. Mm -hmm. And that's why we, I mean, you know, obviously it's important to have support and, and people around you that are guiding you toward, you know, the next level version of yourself, but really like the greatest teacher and compass is yourself. And mm-hmm. so that's where you just get to like go in and engage. Like, is this helping me? Like, is doing this providing me with something of great value and support? Or is it, is it really just stressing me out? You know, cause sometimes it's like, I could tell a client, I really want you to wake up and I want you to journal, but then that takes her into a place of over analysis and it's not great. So, 
you know, obviously that's within you to say, okay, this isn't working. I'm going to do something else that makes my mind feel at peace instead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that is an awakening in itself when you can recognize that something that is working for another human being, such as journaling, don't force yourself into that path just because you see that that's bringing someone else joy or bringing someone else peace. Find your own path. Find what's going to work for you, right? And obviously, I think that's sometimes easier said than done. But I mean, from my own experience, I recognized I needed to make a shift. I needed to make a change. And that's why I sought after a life coach, someone such as yourself, who has so much knowledge and this gift of intuition. And ever since I've worked with you, I've started to become more in tune with myself. And I've loved getting to chat with you on this episode because it's truly a glimpse into how gifted you are. And there's so many other things I want to touch on. And we're going to have to we're going to have to do this again. We're going to have to talk about the manifestation and what that means and your newest offering of the meditation with the chakras. But Nikki, this has been so wonderful. I've loved chatting with you, catching up with you, sharing your gift with all of the listeners. Before we go though, I do have one more question. And with the question of what is the ripple that you want to create? Oh, I, I really want everyone to, I want to create the ripple that everyone feels capable of being and doing everything that they want and dream of, because I really feel like there are no limitations that stand in that way. I think that every single person has the capability to, to do everything and to be everything that they want to be. Um, and that's the ripple that I love to create. Amazing. Nikki, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today, working through all the loveliness of technology. Lastly, where can our listeners find you? I feel like the good old IG is probably a good landing hub. <laughs> so at Nikki.Nornberg is the best place. And I'm sure for spelling purposes, you'll link it in the show notes or something, I sure but um, it's a good landing spot. And then all of the little links and stuff, you can go from there. Definitely make sure to check out Nikki every single week on Mondays. She drops an intuition video, which I so love and I cannot stress enough. It's a perfect way to kickstart your week. And for all of our listeners, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you can stay up to date on all of the latest episodes as they drop. And if you are loving these episodes, make sure to leave a review so we can continue to grow this Creating Ripples community. I'll see you back here next week. Until then, let's go out and start creating ripples.